On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we talk Bulls. Does Billy Donovan have this team in the right direction? Are they developing in the way you want to see as a Bulls fan? Plus, we talk all things Bears as they have a playoff matchup, in case you missed it, against the Saints on Sunday. All that and more coming up on episode 34 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. I'm Dan Collins here alongside my podcast co-host and partner, Joey Gelman. You could find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, you can find there as well at Tweet Dan Collins. This show is there at Believe in Chicago. Joey, the good East Coast resident now that he is, has been staying up in the wee hours of the night to watch Bulls games. I applaud you, good sir. We're doing this now early in the morning. Maybe you won't hear the, the crazy construction going on <laughs> in the back of uh, Joey's place. But if you do, it's just a construction crew trying to get some recognition here on the podcast. So kudos to them. But as mentioned, Joey over there staying up late. I You see, I, I thought it was a struggle just being you know in central time zone, regular good old only the Bulls, Chicago Bulls time zone when they go out there for the, for the West Coast trip, staying up a little late. But... It's been worth it. A couple uh, back-to-back interesting games. You had the victory against the Trailblazers, 111-108, to and then a very close contest last night, which we'll discuss a little, a little about and kind of talk big picture of what we've seen so far in the early nine games for the Chicago Bulls, falling just short 128-124 to over the Kings yesterday. But promising, I guess, Joey, is a very simple, easy way of putting it. Right. Or or am I being just a little too simple there by saying what you've seen so far from this four win team, the Chicago Bulls, is a promising ish start, at least shows signs of improvement from whatever the heck it was they were doing last year. Yeah, I would say definitely it's signs of improvement. I mean, I listen, I'm the first one to tell you we did our first show of the year covering the Bulls and it was like, oh my God, like, is there pieces here that can work? And I know the offseason was kind of funky for them. And I'm not, you know, sold at everything yet, but I think what you're seeing is what you wanted to see in terms of the beginnings of development. And I think that's what's most encouraging because I'm not looking for playoffs this year as nice as it would be. My biggest concern is seeing if these players actually are good enough to stick with this team. And I think you've seen the last couple of weeks and frankly last two games of how drastically different this team is with Billy Donovan and their mentality offensively than it was with Jim Boylan. And they came back from 20 points down against Portland. Last night, they played a game against Sacramento. I know De'Aaron Fox went out early, but it's there's just a, a flow to this team, a freeness to this team that they just play a little looser. I know a little too loose defensively when needs to get fixed, but there's just a, a kind of a sense of calm around the players and a sense of commitment that the coach and the, and the schemes have their best interest. And just like we talk about Nagy, you got to fit the scheme to the players, and, and they seem to be more bought in than being pigeonholed and stuck in a corner here and stuck defensively there in something that Jim Boylan ran for them that, frankly, wasn't their best option. So I'm encouraged from what I've seen. Again, I'm not expecting them to be a playoff team and make any wins, but you got to see which of these guys is worth investing in because a lot of young talent, you just hope some of it is good enough to be there when you're when you're really good again. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. I think, and, and who knows, the way the front office now decides to, to shape things in the next coming years, but you look at a star, right, like Zach Levine, 
not going to call him a, a superstar or anything like that. But th- there's one thing I want to see from Zach Levine, and it's can he carry this team the majority of nights, right? Because that's one thing you're going to need in the NBA from from your main guy, especially if he wants to make that next level up to the top tier echelon of stars in the NBA is – can you do what needs to be done and carry them almost night in and night out? And the past few nights, he's you know putting putting up thirty plus last night um, in that in that high scoring game to the Kings. But still, I want to see one. Can he just continue night in and night out greatness? Which I'll preface it by saying, an incredible ask, right? That's a big ask. And also, is he going to start making the players around him better? And I'm trying to figure out if he is or. If not really, if you, if you know what I mean, because the best of the best are going to make the surrounding cast better as well. And it would be great for this very young core to benefit from something like that. Another thing, Kobe White's interesting as well. I can definitely see him sticking around, <laughs> puts up a, a 30 plus piece of his own last night. But as a floor general, and I know this has been talked about a lot, um, I would kind of just like to see a little more there, I guess, or... Maybe you could be on the other side of the fence and say it doesn't really matter. As long as you're getting production in some way from him that's going to help the team win, even though, you know, albeit they didn't win last night, but, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be this traditional point guard probably in some people's eyes and some fans' eyes, which is fine. I guess maybe I would perhaps prefer a little bit more of a floor general just so he could get more people involved as well. Almost kind of what I'm asking from from Zach Levine in that standpoint, but Still, I, he's somebody you could see sticking around. I don't know if he'll be the primary guy just in terms of what I would rather see from somebody who's actually being more of that general out there and getting more, even more of a creative offense going. Uh, but that's you know what I've seen early on. And for Zach Levine, I know, once again, just a tough ass there asking to see if he, if he could do this night in and night out. But if he can, then like we mentioned before, you are definitely going to need that next level superstar eventually come in um, and take this team over to the next level because that's at the end of the day what you need in the NBA. It sucks, but you need you, you need a Giannis, you need a Kevin Durant, you need a Steph Curry because if you don't, you might be a real good team, but you're not winning the finals, right? We even saw that last year. Really good, re- really good player in Jimmy Butler who helps take the heat over to the next level. Granted, Bam Adebayo is injured for the majority of the finals, but still – you need that next level guy to win it, to defeat the LeBron James, to defeat the Steph Curry's, to defeat the Kevin Durant's. So that's the only reason why I ask it. I know it's crazy. It's it's different than in football when we you know we discuss beers and we go, oh, all the beers need is an Aaron Rodgers of their own, or all they need is a Patrick Mahomes of their own. Yeah, tough ask, but you know, in terms of the NBA, you need that guy, the elite of you know of the elite, you know the top ten, the top five you know, type of player in the league. So don't know if Zach Levine is ever going to be that, but really damn good player, really damn good. So that's why I just want to see how how high his ceiling actually is. And then you go from there on how good of a superstar now <laughs> you need to bring in. And I know I'm like going way down the road here, but I'm ready for it. When's the last superstar we had in town? Derrick Rose. And before that, Michael Jordan. I mean, you're talking at the end of the Michael Jordan era, we haven't had anybody better play for the Chicago Bulls than Derrick Rose. Youngest MVP in league history. Granted, a very, very short season. Unfortunately, very, very short career with the Bulls because it was derailed by injury. So didn't have him around as long as you wish you could have. But 
Zach Levine's been the next best thing since that. <laughs> so now you need to find what's even better. Um, and then I guess I'll, I'll, I'll end my intro thoughts here with Patrick Williams. So far, so good. <laughs> keep, keep it up, big man. So far, so good there. Um, a lot of good, hopefully a lot of double doubles, you know, you, you'll see from him eventually, but promising. I will say that, like, you, you know, this team isn't, you know, maybe playoffs, maybe, you know, you know, toward the, you know, they'll be toward the bottom of that, of that list. Maybe not, but growth and just, it's just like you said, I, I think it's just more fun watching them have more fun, right? Because when last year, when they just looked miserable and they were playing miserable, miserably, you didn't want to watch that. At least now, if they're going to compete, if like you said, they're going to have this more free being about them, it makes it a lot easier to watch. It makes it a lot easier to stay up, you know, in the, I joke, not the wee hours of the night, but no matter where they're at on the West coast, East coast, you name it, it makes it a little easier to then dedicate your own time, right. To watching this team. It's like, okay, yeah, I could give this a shot. Whereas last year, pfft, throughout the schedule halfway through the season unless you're joey who watched every minute of bulls basketball of course no i can't admit i did not watch every minute of bulls basketball last year but there wasn't a a point right and that's what you're saying that's the difference is i wasn't seeing any development you knew the coach was a probably a lame duck guy and almost endangering the growth of this team rather than fostering it and so it wasn't worth your time this is a new this is a new ball game this is a coach that knows what he's doing and wants to get the best out of his players and i think that's what that's what you're seeing. Um, but as far as the Zach Levine question goes, I think that's a really good one because I think as much as development's important and turning players into really good you know, NBA stars, there's still a part of me that doesn't think you can develop a super superstar. And I don't know if that's wrong because we've seen you know, Jimmy Butler take that next step, but I don't know if I consider him a superstar. He's a, he's a, he's a star in the league and a team leader, but... Jimmy Butler, right? No, right. Jimmy Butler, right? So, yeah, yeah. so, so, I'm saying I, you still need to find a legitimate superstar and then develop everything around him. That was the Bulls' biggest problem for so many years: is they had the Derrick Rose superstar when they were good, and they had decent development with role players, but they never got the full development That's all they had with him. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but they didn't have the full development to where okay you sat there with a Derrick Rose and you had a Zach Levine on his side you it, to to compliment it was Kirk Heinrichs Rip Hamilton's Ben Gordon's Luol Deng's very good players but not ones that are the difference in an NBA Finals game when you're double teaming the superstar here comes Andre Iguodala Clay Thompson whomever to win you a ball game. And so I think that's where you sit here, and I mean, I know they got a lot of season to go, but I think it's it's fully understanding, like, yes, the, the money kind of makes it look different of how is Otto Porter or Zach Levine making that much when they're not a superstar? That's just the NBA today. But I think you got to take that out of context and go, excuse me, take that into context and understand, yes, they're making that chunk of change, but they're still not the superstar you need. And you have a great opportunity now to develop a lot of your players and pieces right now to then hopefully attract or find that superstar. Like the, when, the, when the Sixers were building everything in Philly, I remember last year, you know, Brett Brown and the management were saying, we are like star hunting. Like that is their objective. Like we are now in the place where we're going to try to get Kawhi or whomever it may be. And obviously that didn't happen, but 
That's where you want to be if you're the Bulls is build up a good enough core here of complementary pieces where a star would go like, you're now under consideration. Or you get in the position to draft one and 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 build that way but this is all about I, I mean i hate the narrative of we're setting up our team for the free agency of 2021 and 2022 and to like i hate that narrative because the bulls always strike out but this is finally the first year where you go okay they may have a shot at developing something good to where at least they're in the conversation or at least respected around the league to go this team's doing it right let's take a meeting yeah no i, I definitely hear what you're saying about that but there's one thing I'll give them. Hey, it's a little easier to plan for that than to plan for some weird lottery draft, right? I mean, kudos to them for for saying, hey, these are the players that are going to be available. I think this is where we'll line up our wallet as opposed to we don't know how the season's going to end, don't know how those lottery balls are going to go, don't know where we're picking in the draft. So this is going to be, you know, the, the, the road we take here. Um, and speaking of roads to take, the Chicago Bears take a road to New Orleans, right, and go down there and play in the the Nickelodeon game. Probably the highlight of that, Joey. Um, we've had a little bit of I time. hope there's like a double doink and then the slime just rolls down the screen. Not for the Bears, but just in the game. Or the Bears win and part of the club dub is, is being slimed. How great will that be? I love it. 100%. We've had a little bit of time to think about it. And, Joey, I'm going to ask you this. I want I want your thoughts on it. No matter how the game ends up, whether it's a Bears victory, a Bears close defeat, or the Bears get blown out, is it just a win-win no matter what? And I guess what I mean by that is, one, heck, we'll embrace it already. We get to watch a playoff game, and it's the Nickelodeon game. Hell yeah, baby. Let's take it. Second, if they win, provide some interesting content for the show and we'll we'll get there if we do get there they're a big underdog now i think it's like 10 points i think they're like minus or plus 10 right now on um most of your favorite spending apps but um no, nonetheless i digress um or you know they, they they play it close or they get blown out and you say all right season's finally over now or our second season is a new season as the, the first season is over but this new season that they're playing in now that the you know the bears are talking about if that's over now we get to finally start talking again about all right what are the changing pieces or what kind of hell are we stuck in for another season maybe if they do lose or and or get rocked it's still enough to make some important changes so i guess that's what i'm getting at here is there any way as a bears fan it is you lose i think no matter what it's probably going to be a win-win and what kind of perspective you can have or maybe i'm just being overly positive who knows you know i i think you're right i, I think taking some time to think about it the bears are kind of playing with house money here and they there's not really a lose lose scenario i mean Listen, do people want them to clean house and do everything? I, I get that. And they may still do that and probably is best. But right now, any chance you get in the playoffs is one you got you to gotta take. Now, I think if they get demolished tomorrow, excuse me, demolished on Sunday and look inept offensively, then there's cause for concern and the same questions rotate back into, into conversation of, this team broke again at the biggest moment, and now we're left with more questions than answers. But going into it, yeah, I, I go back to what I said. I think it, they're not. It's, it's like when the Blackhawks made it in the pandemic playoffs for hockey. They had no business being there, and they're already doing their rebuild now. But they took advantage. They beat an Oilers team and said, "Take us." So that's kind of what you got to look at it this way: of like. 
They never made the playoffs, ever. So, have some fun. We could bitch about it after, but right now, be excited. What are your expectations? I know we talked about this a little bit on the last show, but I kind of try to maybe reset them the more and more we get later on into the week and the more and more you could think about it and, you know, read up on some things. I don't know if my expectations have changed a whole lot. I'm hoping that it's one of those weird weeks in the NFL, right, where everybody's all, all the the public, everybody's just so all over the Saints, and the Bears don't even win there. They can't even beat Champagne. What was the last time? Like over 10 years ago? Yeah, it was definitely over 10 years ago, I want to say. Um, so it's just not going to happen, and, and it's one of those wild weeks in the NFL where in the one crazy game of the weekend, oh, the Chicago Bears with a shocker over the Saints, and it can happen, but just to set my own expectations properly, <laughs> don't necessarily think there is. I mean, I'm trying to figure out ways, you know, just quickly here of of how this could be done. I don't really know. You, you have Mitch out there. He gets another playoff game, which is just, just a fun thing to think about. I mean, who would have thought that? Not only did the Chicago Bears make the playoffs, but you have Mitch Trubisky starting. And you, you would have never thought that, what, week five, week six of the season? Absolutely not. But that's what you have. Um, but getting back, I guess, to the to the subject at hand here in terms of how the hell they're going to win this thing, maybe if unlucky enough there's enough key Saints players out. I mean, I know that's the talk of Michael Thomas. He's on the practice field. Is he going to play, though? And then, oh, is Kamara? He's still up in the air, right? And who knows? Drew Brees is, oh, hell, Drew Brees is already retired in some people's eyes, right? So I guess that's... It's weird to think and kind of upsetting to think about that's the only way you can kind of envision a Bears win is if they get, you know, they, they the Saints receive some, un, you know, misfortunes of their own. So, but other than that, I mean, if you have a healthy enough Saints squad going out there, I don't really know what you could do against, you know, arguably what, well, what the rankings are going to tell you, second best team in the NFC. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I, 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 sadly not, you know, super confident going in, but, it depends which Bears team shows up, right? Like, it was a team against the Packers where they, you know, were clearly outclassed and then weren't able to adjust. And no one expected them to win that game, but it's how you how you approach it. And, and to have some of the questionable plays on offense to kind of revert back to form when things go bad, and then to have Trubisky's decision-making go bad when, you know, it matters the most. I mean, that's, like, kind of the worst-case scenario. And people were talking about it this morning before we jumped on of like everything's on the table. So like if you're down 10 to 3 and you have no rhythm, like does does Nagy go to Nick Foles? And I know that's like a crazy conversation, but no, it's like... It goes back to calling the plays. Uh, right! <laughs> or will he be calling the plays all along? Exactly. Done. <laughs> so like that's what's kind of you know, concerning and, and has been a theme of this team is no matter how good or bad they've been, this group reverts back to what they always, you know, used to do when the going gets tough versus sticking and understanding, you know, game trends. That's what you get concerned. If you go down 14 nothing, is the whole playbook scrapped, well, you're bringing in Foles and, and Cordell Patterson and, you know, the rest is history? I, I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because let's just say, yes, the offense is just doing nothing, right? Let's just say it's bad out there. They're losing 17-0 to or whatever it is. You know, they're losing by three scores, and Mitch is looking – I mean, I think Mitch would have to be looking awful for me to say, yeah, you're right, everything's on the table. You might as well go back to fulls because 
let's just say it's kind of a close game. They're down a score, maybe two, and the offense is just, eh, you know, just kind of not in a good enough rhythm. Mitch has made a couple weird, weird decisions. Is that reason enough to then play the the stupid quarterback game again? I'm just kind of trying to think is I agree with you that obviously everything is on the table, but to what, like how much leash are you going to give Mitch then? Because what would it really do if, you know, even if the offense is struggling out there this weekend and part of it is maybe because of Mitch and some, some, you know, goofy decisions, would it really be worth it then? Cause you, for the most part, know what you have with Foles, right? Like, I don't know how much, if anything, it could potentially just get worse putting him in there. So he's got some playoff magic, though. I'm not advocating that. It's just kind of a funny. I think it's more of a naggy situation. I think if he feels he's coaching for his job and something goes wrong in the game, does he make that kind of nuclear option? You know what else is funny about that, though? You take a guy like Mitch out in that situation. This is crazy to say. But then you're really just cutting the ties with him, which I know every, I know the majority of people probably want in this town. But the reality of the situation is, unless what you sign Dak Prescott in the off season or with what is it like the twentieth or twenty first pick, whatever it is, you're going to end up getting when this is all said and done. Uh, a high rated quarterback ends up falling to you, like unless that happens, you're not going to trade up for one. So unless by fate you get some, you know, some kind of high valued prospect or quarterback out of the draft, or you get like a Dak Prescott. I mean, what are you really going to do next season at quarterback? I understand you definitely don't want it to be Mitch Trubisky. There's a chance it might be. <laughs> so what do you do if there there is a chance Mitch Trubisky is playing for the Chicago Bears next year? Maybe a little bit of a slimmer chance, but still a chance. He's even the starter, which is crazy to think about. But it goes back to your point, which I think is a good one, of what do you do this Sunday if things are going awry? Is it then worth it, even if Nagy is playing for his job or playing for his job, his quarterback <laughs> still might be Mitch Trubisky next year. So do you want to go into next season with that being the last thing you did was replacing him in the playoff game because he was struggling that you eventually ended up losing? It's wild to think about it that way, but that could very well be the case. You could very well have Nagy and Trubisky back next season. I know a lot of people hope that isn't the case. It can be. So it would. I mean, I almost hope we see this now, right? <laughs> it would add to some great content on the show because if you do make that choice, and I like where your head's at, hey, the guy's playing for a job as well. Well, guess what? Your quarterback next year, though, might be Mitch Trubisky. So if you make that move, you have to have that understanding going into it, right? And I'm sure he's definitely thought about this. At least I would hope he has because he's. you have to think about a, a ton of scenarios. What if we're down 10 nothing? What if we're up 10 nothing? Like, So that that would be very interesting to see how it all unfolds because I know what happens if the Bears are – and I don't necessarily think this will happen, but if the Bears are struggling and it's because – and it's just obvious it's because of the play of Mitch Trubisky, if you take him out, then – everybody's going to be saying he's done right. Oh, that's the last time you're seeing Mitch walk off the field for the Bears. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know if that's what we're going to see this weekend. I, I don't know. I kind of doubt it just because of, I mean, even if they're getting the, the crap kicked out of them, which I don't know, it might be a close game. But even if they are getting the cap crap kicked out of them, words, um, at that, and then what's the point, right? What, what would almost be the point? Like, what, if it's 24 to 3, you're just Nick Foles is going to come in and save the day with that playoff magic? 
I don't know. If you go, it's your team nags. Go ahead, go for it. But I, I don't really see the point necessarily, right? Yeah, it's just a fun hypothetical. I don't, know, I don't know if it'll actually happen, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know well, what the. Can. I know. I, I think it is very fun because I think it is very possible. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it changes anything for them in the game if that were were to happen. And I think that you know the bigger questions too is like who's. Who's healthy? Is Jalen Johnson back? Is Darnell Mooney have a shot? Is Roquan Smith? I don't think Roquan Smith really has a chance. So it's like, if all those guys are out, you know, you're kind of starting behind the eight ball already. And you got to find some way to make it up somehow. I just, I'm excited for the game. I want to go into it being being positive. And anything can happen, like you said. I just get so nervous when this team gets in panic mode and they revert to all the bad habits, including the worst habits and the worst sides of Nagy and Trubisky, you're just sitting there like, this is why this is almost like the ceiling of where this can go offensively. And that's when you beg to have those questions. And if you sit here and you have, you know, two games back-to-back of getting your ass kicked by the Packers and the Saints, who clearly are the top-tier class of the NFC along with the Seahawks, it's like, okay, well, where do we sit then? You know, it, it, it's... We're not close to these teams still. Yeah, we made it, but we're the we're the lower seed here. You know, I know the Bears made the playoffs that much, but like we said last time, this is their first game as a wild card since the nineties. The first road game since ninety four in the playoffs. So like, they. Oh, I remember that one fondly. Yeah. So like, I think I do too. In ninety four. Uh, yeah, I guess I remember. I was one, so I have a, I have a, I have a photographic memory for that. So it's like, you know, they have been that top seed in the division or the NFC for that matter in a couple of those runs. But now you're not, and you snuck in, and you got to recognize that that you still need to make a bunch of changes moving forward to make you, make you better. But I'm still excited. I can't wait for Sunday. I'm, you know. We we don't it's just we don't get it that often. It's not like it's the Hawks that made it for ten years, and you say, "All right, like it's exciting, but like that team was better than this team." And it's like the Bears never go to the playoffs. Like the Packers have gone thirty four times. The Bears in the in the same span, the Bears have gone eight. So it's here, really here's one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> here, here's your one. Here's your one game. You've waited long enough. Here's a game. Well, it's funny when when the Bears last went to the Super Bowl. You know, my dad made the joke of like, you know. This was awesome. Like I know they lost, but it's it, it was like we'll see you back here in twenty something years. And I go, you're crazy. Like how could that happen to be that big of a stretch between championship runs? Like I know from eighty five to to oh 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 six oh seven was that. But I go, but this team is primed for greatness. How how could that be? And here we sit, you know, fifteen plus years later, without even getting really close again. And so I you know. You take that into consideration, you get excited and, and revved up for the game, but yeah, afterwards, like I said, afterwards then we can tear this thing apart and, and really figure out what's best for this team, or if they win, then who the hell knows what we're going to do? Yeah, I know, and it's a little weird. I don't know if it's the whole no fans thing and we haven't had fans all year. It almost doesn't even seem like a playoff game. I don't, I don't no. know if it's because of the way they backed in, where it's like, oh man. Well, Did you see what Sean Payton said this week about fans? I didn't know. He wants. He said, "I want to have a testing site at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and test fifty thousand fans, quarantine them, and bring them to the game." Of course he would. <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he would. Don't, 
Don't worry, Peyton. I don't know if you're going to need it this weekend. But regardless, it sounds like no no even need for a score prediction here, Joey, to, to wrap it up. I, I just think, well, what's the point? Or maybe you can give me provide a little context. I will myself. For example, I think the Bears lose. Don't need to give a score because what the hell's the point? Not like I think it's going to be too close, but that's how I'll define it. I think it'll be a close-ish game. Maybe they lose by like two scores whether it be 10 points, 14 points, 13 points, whatever. But I think they kind of could keep it close enough. I hope they don't lose by more than two points. I'll be watching to the very end anyways, but I'll give it Saints by by a couple scores. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it's going to be probably a two-score game. I think the Bears may find this as lucky in the beginning and get on the board. But yeah, I think that's what it's going to turn into with a Saints, a Saints win. But I, I'm also here to tell everyone, you know, Take advantage of the moment. Be excited. Like it, it's fun to be in the playoffs. And as negative as we always are about this team, have fun Sunday. Like I'm not trying to be all hunky dory happy, but it's like we don't get to do it that much. So have fun. Prep. Make your awesome game day preparations. Make some wings. Make some steak. Whatever you want to do. Sit you sit your ass on the couch and and have some fun. That's how I like I to view it. it. I'll ha- I'll have the beer and chili ready. Ooh. That sounds good. Maybe it's a good chilly weekend. That sounds good. Not chilly, but I'll definitely have the beer. <laughs> That's so much easier of the two to have next yeah, to you. <laughs> Maybe I'll just order pizza or something, but the beer will definitely be consumed. We'll, we'll have some cold ones to, to drown away the misery, right? Excellent. That sounds perfect. Well, that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. Make sure to follow all of us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The man on the other side of the Skype is on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The construction man outside my house is on TweetMakingNoise. Uh, but... Yeah, I apologize if there are any weird noises today. As Dan said, construction, cats. It's the beauty of working in the bedroom studio today. So uh, that's what that's what you get. But anyways, the show Believe in Chicago Sports on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We will talk to you guys again on Monday, breaking down the Bears playoff game and any other news and notes that happen in the Chicago sports world as it never seems to stop, no matter the... Uh, calendar turn into 2021 so we'll be there for you to break it all down have a great and safe rest of your week and we are looking forward to chat monday go bears Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.